Welcome to Taiwan Report, news and commentary from Taiwan. I'm Donovan Smith. On today's show, a virus outbreak prompts government action and the U.S. reacts. Taiwan pork response to Italy is not retaliation. Oh no, definitely not. KMT chair candidates support Han in recall campaign. A KMT lawmaker's remarks cause a stir. The case for a U.S.-Taiwan free trade agreement is made. Taiwan, uh, Taiwan gains support from Latin American lawmakers. And politics can't stop this party. First up, Taipei Times virus outbreak special bill introduced for COVID-19. That's the new name for the Wuhan coronavirus. Now, the executive UN has unveiled a special bill for prevention, relief and recovery that includes major fines for a whole variety of uh, actions. Now, I'm going to go through this quickly because the, this proposed bill has quite a lot in it. But it includes people who break a home quarantine could face a fine of 100,000 to 1 million. Uh, firms that voluntarily pay quarantined employees or employees who take leave to care for children under quarantine would benefit from a break in profit-seeking enterprise income tax of up to twice the salary payout. Government agencies, schools, and companies may not rule that an employee under quarantine or taking care of family members under quarantine is absent without leave or force them to file for leave or cancel their attendance bonus or deduct days off they've earned. Individuals or entities who defy an order of the Central Epidemic Command Center will be fined. People who hoard or attempt to hoard equipment or medicines deemed necessary for disease pre prevention also fines those who spread disinformation or rumors about an epidemic again fines of up to three million in that case health ministry should issue subsidies to healthcare personnel responsible for disease prevention if a person in charge of disease prevention dies from covid19 the ministry should subsidize the educational costs of their children which is interesting that's a long-term commitment now the bill will be funded by 60 billion of surplus revenue from prior fiscal years or loans before the special budget is approved by the legislative UN funding related to company bailouts or the offsetting of economic losses in certain sectors may be appropriated from existing budgets. Now, if the bill is passed, it would be retroactively applied to January 15th. Now, some of this, of course, is pressure to do something, which is a common impulse on the uh, by politicians in government. But you can see there's quite a bit in this, a lot of different fines and a lot of specifics. Now, it's not passed yet. It still has to go to the legislature. But Su Zhentang, the premier, has put himself fully behind it. And he's been working with the four legislative caucuses so that it can pa pass quickly. Now, the U.S. has claimed since there has been an individual case that is not clearly uh, an individual case of a woman who was infected with a virus where it's not immediately clear where it came from and she's a local who's not traveled overseas. Now, the U.S. CDC included Taiwan as a travel destination with apparent community spread 
of COVID-19. But President Tsai Ing-wen yesterday said that the spread of COVID-19 in Taiwan does not qualify as community spread as stated on the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention website given that the nation only has isolated cases and has asked the Ministry of Foreign Affairs to ask the U.S. to correct Taiwan's status. Now, this does appear so far to be the case. Local spreads, for example, in Zhanghua, where the first man passed away, he got the disease from someone in China, and he only spread it to three immediate family members. So that might not be considered, or at least according to Taiwan and the government here, says that the U.S. CDC's website does not would not count that as a widespread community uh, case. So we'll see what happens there. Now, as I mentioned yesterday, the the country has an import ban on Italian pork. Now, as I pointed out yesterday, this does appear to be in retaliation to Italy lumping Taiwan together as a province of China and considering it China and blocking flights to Taiwan, even though Taiwan is not obviously administered by the PRC and has the health situation here largely under control as relates to the virus, especially compared to China and Hong Kong. However, of course, the government here can't come out and say, yes, we're doing this as retaliation. Reading here from the Taipei Times, the government's ban on Italian pork, which took effect yesterday, is based on scientific evidence and is not a retaliatory measure against Italy. Minister of, Ministry of Foreign Affairs spokeswoman Joanne O oh said yesterday. O oh told a news briefing at the ministry in Taipei that the decision to remove Italy from the list of countries not affected by African swine fever was not connected to Italy's February 2 ban on flights to and from Taiwan amid the COVID-19 outbreak. Italy lists Taiwan as a, quote, province of China affected with COVID-19 and banned flights to and from Taiwan until April 28th. Now, I'm not buying that one bit. I'm pretty sure that it was in retaliation. But, of course, that doesn't sound very good diplomatically. All right, moving on. The KMT website, this is a translation of, it looks like a part of a UDN uh, article. And this is, the interesting thing that is that the KMT website is back up. The KMT website, quite, quite a bit before the uh, weeks or low months, prior to the election, went down. Now, this is a pretty bad look for a company, sorry, for a business that, <laughs> excuse me for <clears throat> slip of the tongue, tongue there. This is a very bad look for a political party right in the run up to a major election when not only is the public going to be looking for information on the policies and stances of the party, it's also the time when foreign journalists are coming in from around the world to view Taiwan's election. And of course, the KMT website in English and in Chinese went down, saying only server not available, which it appears that they didn't pay their hosting bill is my best guess as to what happened there. However, a few days ago, the site came back up and it's still not a very attractive website, but it's a useful website because they tend to translate pan blue articles and also they put up some commentary which gives you an idea how and what the KMT is thinking about and what's important to them right now. 
So I check it daily. Now this particular piece here is about the recall drive against Kaohsiung City Mayor Han Guoyu. And both of the two KMT candidates for the KMT chair, which will uh, be held on March, 11, uh, sorry, March 7th, I believe, uh, unless they cancel it over the virus, are now saying that they want to support Han. Reading from the page here, House stated that the KMT must assist Han to safeguard his hard-earned achievements in the 2018 Kaohsiung mayoral, mayoral election in order to let the citizens know that the KMT could do a better job in governance than the DPP. Howe went on to add that if Han needed any help, the KMT would be fully behind him. Chang, meaning Johnny Chang, who's uh, the other candidate, pointed out that the governance performance in Kaohsiung reflected the KMT's governance capabilities. So he would ask everyone in the party to promote publicizing the performance of Kaohsiung City's governance. Chang stressed that Han made an indelible achievement by taking back control of Kaohsiung at the hardest time for the KMT. So the entire KMT, from top to bottom, had the responsibility and obligation to help Han and Kaohsiung City Hall tide over the recall crisis. Now today, I went for a recording for Taiwan This Week on ICRT, my counterpart guest was Michael Smith from Kaohsiung, and he recently introduced the leader of the We Care Kaohsiung movement, which is one of the biggest groups collecting signatures for the recall. And he asked him what what were the reasons why that the why Hangwoyu is being recalled. And he was told that the reasons were basically not that he was a bad guy. Uh, the the head of We Care said essentially that Aaron Lin, he said that by all accounts, Han is a is a nice guy, but he said that he abandoned the city and as a bureaucrat. All of the things, when asked, if, you know, should he just be given more time, he said, of all the things that Han Guoyu promised, everything from drilling in the South China Sea to building a Disneyland, he said, as a government bureaucrat, he said, none of these plans have even begun to move forward, and they're time-consuming, and they're complicated issues. And by running for president, he essentially had abandoned the city and implementing his campaign promises. So the new legislature has just the newly elected legislature has just been uh, has just kicked off their, their first session, and of course one of the most controversial candidates I should that was put forward on the KMT party list he was ranked at number four which is considered safe was Wu Zihui. Now he is a former general, but he is known for saying things that sound very pro-China. Now. Chen Bowei, the Taiwan State Building Party legislator who just came in in this new batch, on Wednesday posted on Facebook a picture of a document containing Wu's questions for President Tsai that he would read in the legislature. Now, reading from the Taipei Times here, President Tsai Ing-wen's interview with the BBC last month contained messages that could provoke China and since Taiwan is the weaker of the two nations, she should refrain from such provocations, Chinese nationalist legislator Wu Zihui said yesterday. Quote, President Tsai should be discreet over the prospect of war, not recklessly court war or provoke, Wu said. 
when asked about a question he planned to ask Premier Su Zhensang when the legislative session opens today. Now, the it goes on here, and the document quotes, this is the his document where he's quoting Tsai, as saying in the interview, this is the one with the BBC, that despite her refraining from projecting symbols of Taiwanese independence, Beijing has increased its military pressure on Taiwan and that the nation cannot exclude the possibility of war. It has worked to improve its military capabilities. It also quotes Tsai as saying that invading Taiwan would be, quote, very costly for China. Now, I remember the interview, and those are all basically correct. Now, in the prepared remarks, Wu, a retired lieutenant general, says Tsai's comments bordered on warmongering and asks whether the cost of going to war with China would be very cheap for Taiwan. Is Taiwan really ready, he asks. So moving on, we see that, here's another one, asked whether he believes that Tsai's chance Tsai's stance, Tsai's stance that the nation would not be intimidated by a Chinese provocation was wrong, Wu said yesterday, that he does not. However, Taiwan should not proactively tell China that I am ready for war, bring it on. That was the wrong tone to take, he said. After all, we are weaker. Now, obviously, Tsai Ing-wen would respond to this, and when asked about Wu's comments, Tsai told reporters that everything she has said reflected the real situation and the nation's resolve to defend itself. Quote, Taiwan's basic stance is clear. We resist war, but are no, by no means weak. We do not provoke, but we do not bow or bend our knees, she said. As a former general, Wu's remarks would likely disappointed many military personnel, Tsai said, urging the KMT to clarify whether it agrees with Wu's stance. Well, speaking to that, here in the Chinese media, we have new talk. Johnny Chang, of course, being the KMT, uh, one of the two KMT candidates for, K for KMT chair, his comment was on Wu's comments that they came from good intentions. All right, two pieces came out today, which I thought were very interesting. I'm not going to go very much into them, but both of them make the case for a U.S.-Taiwan bilateral trade agreement. The one I'd recommend you read is on Ketagalan Media. Now, it essentially makes the case that now that the United States has a phase one deal with trade deal with China, the time is ripe for the United States to resume meetings with Taiwan under the trade and investment sorry, the Trade and Investment Framework Agreement with the goal of negotiating a bilateral trade agreement. IBTA would help foster business opportunities and technological innovation between the United States and Taiwan, and more importantly, help advance the United States' vision of a free and open Indo-Pacific region. It goes on to talk about how it would benefit both sides and it would help shore up Taiwan in, in, against threats from China. Meanwhile, in the Washington Times, there's a headline, Window for, window for Historic U.S.-Taiwan Trade Agreement Closing Fast. Now, this makes the case that we need to move quickly on both sides, saying that right now Taiwan has um, 
a honeymoon period for uh, Tsai Ing-wen as she comes into her second term. And the Trump administration is going to become more and more distracted by the upcoming presidential election there. And that the Trump administration has finished negotiating a trade agreement with Canada and Mexico and, and is hammering out new agreements with Japan and China. So now would be a really good time. Now over to Latin America, Latin, this is in the Taiwan News, Latin American lawmakers form pro-Taiwan Formosa Club. Now what's interesting about this is that there's a total of 67 lawmakers from Argentina, Brazil, Chile, Colombia, Ecuador, Paraguay, Peru, Uruguay, Venezuela, and Mexico have formed a Latin American version of the Formosa Club. Now the thing is most of these countries do not diplomatically recognize Taiwan outside of Paraguay. Now, they have already signed a petition saying that Taiwan should be allowed to take part in the World Health Assembly scheduled for May and WHO-related meetings as an observer. Now, this goes on to say the Latin American group is the second cross-national pro-Taiwan congressional caucus that has been established following the formation of the Formosa Club by parliamentarians of the European Union, France, Germany, and Britain last year. All right, another article from the Taiwan News. Can't Stop This Party becomes Taiwan's 365th political party. Now, Can't Stop This Party is made up of YouTubers and a, and a Taipei city councilor. Now, the article here in the Taiwan News is wrong. It says that, that Froggy Chiu, and they don't have his English name, is actually a legislator, but he's not. He's simply a, a city councilor in Taipei. However, city councilors in Taipei are, have an outsized political influence in Taiwan's politics for several reasons. One of them is they very frequently, because their districts correspond very closely to legislative districts, they often go on do, to become legislators. They also, because they're in Taipei, frequent the the TV talk shows, because, of course, the studios are all in Taipei. And, of course, it's the capital. So that's actually a good position to be in. So having a Taipei city legislator is actually pretty high profile for the party. Now, the party was originally introduced last November, uh, but it wasn't formally registered. There's several YouTube personalities. Froggy Chu is one of them. Shasha77 is another and Chen Zijian is yet another. Now, in a Facebook post, the leaders announced the party's official beginning and promised to continue to bring joy and laughter to Taiwanese politics. Now, that's pretty impressive. I'm looking forward to them winning lots of elections because, frankly, I'm looking forward to joy and laughter. Before I go, just a couple of quick uh, recommendations on what to read today. In Taiwan Insight, there's a very long, in-depth piece, but very interesting, called The Repositioning of Taiwan in the Global Supply Chain Network. Definitely check it out. Lots of graphs and charts and very interesting. Another one in The Hill in the U.S. by Joseph Bosco. China's Communist Party makes the Chinese and the world sick. It's an interesting read, and it does include some references to Taiwan and some of the history of Taiwan, China, sorry, of, of U.S.-China relations and how it's gone rather astray. 
I'd like to remind people that tonight, Friday evening, I'm on ICRT Taiwan This Week, with, hosted by Gavin Phipps with fellow guest Michael Smith. You can check it out also on podcast version at icrt.com.tw. All right, look forward to our next show. News is ongoing, so lots more to talk about. This has been brought to you by the Taiwan Report. For more content like this, become our patron at report.tw. Hey, I'm just that Taiwan girl.